you survived another week. This is episode 72 of the Urban Shooter Podcast. Welcome to the Urban Shooter Podcast, the weekly show for law-abiding, fun-loving gun owners of the city. And here's your host, Ken Blanchard. All right, I got you back. Thank you. This is Ken Blanchard, host of the Urban Shooter Podcast, and you're listening to episode number 72. This week, we're going to talk about Father's Day. And if you are anti-Christian, you might not want to listen to this show. But just in case, stick around. Our history continues. We're talking about the Black Code. I'm going to try to include some footnotes and where I got my details from in the show notes, which you can find on Urban Shooter Podcast. I'm going to recap some NRA safety rules, and Frank Reed provides us his after-action report for what he saw at the NRA annual meeting. Got some positive feedback from those who have found the highroad.org to be a good thing, and the reviews in general have been really good. I thank you. Also, we got a new forum. Yeah, check out gunrightsradio.com forward slash Forum number two. And they'll also be on UrbanShooterPodcast.com show notes to help you find it. It's all gunrightsradio, one word, dot com forward slash forum, the number two. And that'll get you right in there. And if you look for the Urban Shooter Podcast, I'm way down in the low rent district on the bottom. So it's all alphabetical order. So way down, you'll find you can put uh, comments, questions, comments about episodes, discussion boards. It's a chance to get uh, you involved in the discussion. We got some really stuff, good stuff going on in general with the podcasters. Uh, we're all connected together, all working. This electronic grassroots effort um, is excellent. And uh, kudos to those in the backfield who suggested it, who make it happen, and uh, who are working it. And a quick shout out to those of the Urban Shooter Association that handful of brothers and sisters that support me with $4 a month to keep um, my bandwidth and keep me moving. If it wasn't for you, I couldn't do this. So thank you, Urban Shooters. Now, all this for you, coming up on episode number 72. I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America and to the republic for which it stands. One nation, under God, indivisible, with liberty and justice for all. second installment about black history related to the firearms is going to touch on the years of 1866 to 1871. 
Civil Rights Act of 1866 enacted did away with badges of slavery embodied in the black codes. We talked about that last week. Including those provisions which prohibit any Negro or mulatto from having firearms. This is from the Congressional Globe, 39th Congress, First Session, Part 1, page 474, dated 29 January 1866. Uh, Democratic Delaware Senator Senator William Salisbury added, In my state for many years, there has existed a law which declares that free Negroes shall not have the possession of firearms or ammunition. This bill proposes to take away from the state's displeased power, and thus voted against the bill. The Civil Rights Act of 1866 was a precursor to today's 42 U.S.C. Section 1982, a portion of it which still reads, All citizens of the United States shall have the same right in every state and territory, as is enjoyed by white citizens thereof to inherit, purchase, lease, sell, hold, and convey real and personal property. 1980-1982, and this language is still in the books, 1866. Proposed 14th Amendment to the U.S. Constitution is debated. Opponents of the 14th Amendment objected to its adoption because they opposed federal enforcement of the freedoms in the Bill of Rights. Senator Thomas A. Hendricks, Democrat, Indiana, said, If this amendment be adopted, we will then carry the title of citizenship in quotations and enjoy its advantages in common with the Negroes, the Coolies, and the Indians. And this also comes from the Congressional Globe, 39th Congress, First Session, Part 3, page 2939. And it came out 4 June 1866. Senator Reverdy Johnson, counsel for the slave owner in Dred Scott, opposed the amendment because, quote, it is quite objectionable to provide that no state shall make or enforce any law which shall abridge the privileges and immunities of citizens of the United States, end quote. Thus, the 14th Amendment was viewed as necessary to buttress the Civil Rights Act of 1866, especially since the act, in quotes, is pronounced void by the jurists and courts of the South, end quote. For example, Florida has as a misdemeanor for colored men to carry weapons, and the punishment is whipping. Can you see how our laws, 1860s, have influenced generations of people? That's only a few decades ago. I mean, it's not, um, it's not like it's a millennia or there are nobody living. Or there's nobody living still probably in your family that's, you know, was born in the 1800s. But it's only like past your grandparents or your great grandparents time. It's not, um, uh, Biblical history. It's the country's history. It's within our constitutional times. And when you have a tradition of thinking that you're either I, one, not a citizen, two, have no business legally, it kind of influences your decisions for things, even though you're thinking incorrectly. In 1866, in Tennessee, the famous Ku Klux Klan was formed. And the purpose was to terrorize blacks who voted and temporarily disbanded it in 1871, but it was reestablished in 1915 after a successful movie kind of brought it back to life, Birth of a Nation. 
You know what's really scary to me that nobody's really talked about? Was this country is based on immigrants, is based on people from different nationalities becoming Americans. It's one of the greatest things about our country. But every once in a while, we attack a nationality. We, at- we attack an immigrant. We attack those who are different. And in 1915, or somewhere in the early 1900s, when the birth of a nation came out, and it was a blockbuster film that energized folks to want to start the clan back up again. I see elements of that being afraid of those who speak Spanish in this country. Now, you can hate me for that if you want to. But racism is racism. In debating what would become 42 U.S.C. Section 1983, today's federal civil rights statute Representative Butler explained, in quotes, this provision seemed to your community to be necessary because they had observed that before these midnight marauders, a.k.a. the KKK, made attacks upon peaceful citizens, there were very many instances in the South where the sheriff of the county had preceded them and taken away the arms of their victims. This is especially noticeable in Union County, where all the Negro population were disarmed by the sheriff only a few months ago under the order of the judge. And then, the sheriff having disarmed the citizens, the 500 masked men rode at night and murdered and otherwise maltreated the 10 persons who were in jail in that county. And this came out in February of 1871. 1867. The Special Report of the Anti-Slavery Conference of 1866 or 1867 reported that with particular emphasis that under the black codes, blacks were forbidden to own or bear firearms, and thus were rendered defenseless against assaults. This is a reprint from, I'm reading from H. Hyman, who's the author, The Radical Republicans and Reconstruction, page 219, published in 1967 from the George, I think it's the uh, GMU, CRLJ, and this came from page 71 of that. Again, I'll leave all this scribble to do on my notes so you can find it. 1868. The 14th Amendment to the U.S. Constitution is adopted, conveying citizenships to blacks. It reads in part, section 1, all persons born or naturalized in the United States and subject to the jurisdiction thereof are citizens of the United States and the state wherein they reside. No state shall make or enforce any law which shall abridge the privileges or immunities of citizens of the United States nor shall any state deprive any person of life, liberty, or property without due process of law, nor deny to any person within its jurisdiction the equal protection of the laws. Section 5. The Congress shall have power to enforce by appropriate legislation the provisions of this article. Very important amendment. 1871. Anti-KKK Bill debated in response to race-motivated violence in the South. A report on violence in the South resulted in an anti-KKK bill that stated that whoever shall, without due process of law, by violence, intimidation, or threats, take away or deprive any citizen of the United States of any arms or weapons he may have in his house or possession for the defense of his person, family, or property 
shall be deemed guilty of a larceny thereof and be punished as provided in this act for a felony. Now that came out um, from the uh, congressional record as well, 20 February 1871. Since Congress didn't have any jurisdiction over simple larceny, the language was eventually removed from the anti-KKK bill. But this section survives today as 42 U.S.C. section 1983, and it reads that any person who, under color of any law, of any state, shall subject or cause to be subjected any person to the deprivation of any rights, privileges, or immunities to which he is entitled under the Constitution shall be liable in any action at law for redress. Uh-huh, uh-huh, 1866 to 1871. More next week. The National Rifle Association Gun Safety Rules 1 through 10. Number 1. Repeat after me. Always keep the gun pointed in a safe direction. Number 2. Always keep your finger off the trigger until your sights are on the target and you are ready to shoot. Number 3. Always keep the gun unloaded until ready to use. Number 4. Be sure the gun is safe to operate. Number 5. Know how to use the gun safely. Number 6. Use only the correct ammunition for your gun. Number 7. Know your target and what is beyond it. Number 8. Wear eye and ear protection as appropriate. Number 9. Never use alcohol or drugs before or while shooting. And number 10. Of the National Rifle Association gun safety rules, store guns so they are not accessible to unauthorized persons. Black Man with a Gun by Ken Blanchard is a 148-page book with pictures showing the right way and wrong way to do things, different guns and techniques, and a great primer for new shooters, an icebreaker for the experienced shooter, and a tool for the activist. Black Man with a Gun is a book that easily explains and inspires. With the humor of the most audacious African-American in support of the right to keep and bear arms, Ken Blanchard. Ken Blanchard is a former U.S. Marine, federal firearms instructor, private investigator, counterterrorist, public speaker, and web personality. Ken has been featured in two documentaries, Fox News, the BBC, the Washington Business Journal, Washington Times, Wall Street Journal, and now with his new podcast, The Urban Shooter on iTunes. In the book, you'll find a letter to my sisters, buying a firearm, the racist roots of gun control, the NRA, your rights, the police, religion, and guns. Get your autographed copy today by visiting blackmanwithagun.com or by calling 888-772-6262. Get your copy now. And here is our brother Frank. Greetings, my fellow Americans. This is Frank M. Reed from Cleveland, Ohio, reporting for the Urban Shooter Podcast. On May 16th through 17th, 2008, I had the great pleasure of attending my first NRA meeting in Louisville, Kentucky. It was a six-hour drive, and I figured it was too close for me not to attend. Well, enough of the drama, so let me cut to the chase. I was impressed with the speakers at the Celebration of American Values Leadership Forum. There were two speakers in particular that caught my interest. They were military men that served in the current war in Afghanistan. U.S. Army Special Forces Staff Sergeant Stube described his battles on and off the field. 
He described the battle scene and the wounds he suffered. It was straight and to the point. Sergeant Stube also mentioned his experience and proper exposure to firearms via his father. The bottom line is he was taught properly. He also let it be known his membership with the NRA. One part of his speech really showed his humility. After being wounded and recovering in the States, he reflected that sometimes we as warriors sometimes forget about the tremendous sacrifice of a spouse. Our wives put up with our attitudes. He stated that we must always show a great deal of gratitude toward our wives. Staff Sergeant Stug is definitely one of the best. He will be retiring this year. U.S. Navy SEAL Petty Officer Marcus Luttrell, the lone survivor of SEAL Team, Team, SEAL Team 10 in Afghanistan, gave a graphic description of how his teammates were killed. He mentioned at the beginning that he was not used to large crowds and could not stand at a podium too long. As a result, he was walking and talking on stage. Considering what he went through, it is understandable. He constantly referred to the fact that Navy SEALs were trained to do a job and not to handcuff soldiers when called upon to perform their job. He mentioned the rules of engagement and stated, just turn us loose. I purchased a book before traveling to Louisville and hoped to get my book signed. It did not happen, but hearing his speech and a few pictures with my camera made up for it. He also believes in the right to keep and bear arms. Colonel Oliver North gave a speech. I purchased his book, got it signed, and took a picture with him. These items I will cherish forever. There was a tribute to the late Charlton Heston. It was very moving. They showed clips from various interviews as it relates to the Second Amendment and his three terms in our presidency. They also showed him marching with Martin Luther King. It is unfortunate the so-called modern-day civil rights activists have forgotten this fact. In conclusion, it was a memorable trip, and I like the fact that Kentucky has open carry. In freedom, Frank M. Reed. Now back to you, Ken. Father's Day, the day we honor the male of the species that provides 50% of the DNA that makes us who we are. And now a brief warning. If you are antichrist or confused, you may want to stop listening to this episode right now. This is going to be a pro-Christian podcast. I give you this warning because there are always those who like one part of my stick, but not the other. Now that you've been warned, let's get started. Father's Day, the day we honor the man that our mother gave the big piece of chicken to. Father's Day, the day when we let dad eat what he wanted to eat, meat, ice cream, drink a beer if he wanted to, sit in front of the big screen television if he wanted to, in his chair, make bodily sounds if he wanted to, and nobody is allowed to comment. Father's Day. It's a day that doesn't get as much love or attention as Mother's Day does. Why? Because not too many men, Christian men, do the right thing. What is the right thing? You know, I am so glad you asked. For one, the right thing is to lead by example and not by proxy. 
Say amen, somebody. Secondly, they are physically present to raise their children. Oh, he's preaching now. I thought this was a pro-gun podcast. All right, it is a pro-gun podcast. And we'll get to the gun part in a few minutes. But stay with me. I am going somewhere with this. You see, my story begins with fatherhood. I became a father in 1991. I realized that despite how I came into the world, I had a choice on how I was going to be toward my son and daughter. Free to choose. Sounds familiar, doesn't it? Same stuff we preach about all the time with the right to keep and bear arms. Freedom. But with power comes responsibility. Heard that too, like in a Marvel comic book. And some of you have been blessed with fathers that introduced you to the shooting sports. But see, before a growing number of people coming into this sport, that ain't necessarily the case. They learn from the military, law enforcement, or maybe just inspired by media. Or got their instruction and their opinions from the anti-gun side. And they can't understand why anybody would even enjoy shooting. From their optic, they equate firearms with murder. In the absence of structure, leadership, correction, and guidance, folks tend to make stuff up. That's what you're dealing with. So as it is at home, so it is at the church. As a Christian male and a gun owner, you got it tough. Some have it tougher than others. Why? Because in some households, we hold Christian men in bondage. And because some equate guns to murder, they want to know how you can be a supporter of something so controversial that could take a life. Without fathers to teach our young people to lead by example, learn by application, you will not catch hell. Christian fathers. Folks want Mr. Cleaver and Dr. Huxtable. Christian men can't be real manly. You got to suppress all your feelings or act appropriately, whatever that is. You're expected not to cry or to cry all the time. Never raise your voice. We're supposed to be men of character, high moral values, etc., etc. And please don't have a desire to serve in a church as an usher or elder, deacon, minister or trustee. Then you get a double standard that's even amplified. And the bad part is we start believing our own press. Am I talking to anybody here? And you'll get it from your wife, your mama, the church people, other church leaders. I want to read something from you for you, which comes from one of my favorite books. It's called Wild at Heart by John Eldridge. And this is starts off mid-sentence here, but uh, bear with me. It's called An Invitation. But God made the masculine heart, set it within every man, and thereby offers him an invitation. Come and live out what I meant you to be. Permit Permit me to bypass the entire nature versus nurture. Is gender really built in? Debate with one simple observation. Men and women are made in the image of God as men or as women. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him, male and female. He created them. That was from Genesis 1, verse 27. Now we know God doesn't have a body, so the uniqueness can't be physical. Gender simply must be at the level of the soul. 
in the deep and everlasting places within us. God doesn't make generic people. He makes something very distinct, a man or a woman. In other words, there is a masculine heart and a feminine heart, which in their own ways reflect or portray to the world God's heart. God meant something when he meant man. And if we are to ever find ourselves, we must find that. What has he set in the masculine heart? Instead of asking what you think you ought to be or do to become a better man or woman, I want to ask, what makes you come alive? What stirs your heart? The journey we face now is into the land foreign to most of us. We must head into country that has no clear trail. This charter for exploration takes us into our own hearts and to our deepest desires. As the playwright Christopher Fry says, Life is a hypocrite if I can't live the way it moves me. There are three desires I find written so deeply into my heart I now know I can no longer disregard them without losing my soul. They are core to who and what I am and yearn to be. I gaze into boyhood. I search the pages of literature. I listen carefully to many, many men, and I am convinced these desires are universal, a clue into masculinity itself. They may be misplaced, forgotten, or misdirected, but in the heart of every man is a desperate desire for a battle to fight, an adventure to live, and a beauty to rescue. I want you to think of the films men love, the things they do with their free time, and especially the aspirations of little boys, and see if I'm not right about this. Now, that was from, again, Wild at Heart, Discovering the Secret of a Man's Soul by John Eldridge. I highly recommend you find that book, All Brothers. Have somebody buy it for you for Father's Day. So what I'm trying to let you know is, don't forget that all of us have sinned and come short of the glory of God. I think we believe the hype of the titles that we have, maybe not you, but some. A Christian father, you got to suppress all the stuff, you hide all the stuff, and be like this nice eunuch guy, this safe, nice guy. Where is that in the Bible, I ask you? I was a sinner saved by grace. I love the Lord because this poor man fell, he heard my cry. When I was doing everything I was big enough, man enough, and old enough to do, he still allowed his son to die for me. Yeah, me. Passionate, low-down me. More of a pirate than pious. Me. Trained, heartbreaker, liar, and life-taker. Me. Harley-Davidson riding, two-gun shooting. Me. You know, as a father, I showed my kids how imperfect I am. My kids, one's an adult, the other's a teen, I believe are better than I am, in truth. And that they know the truth, and the truth shall make them free. This Father's Day, just think about all the stuff that I just said. I want you to be free as men. Free to love, free to grow, free to praise God. Free, just like this show. Free, like America can be. Free to live. Free to have liberty and the pursuit of happiness. Fathers, be involved with your children. Not only teach them about responsibility and gun safety, but their respect for life, respect for self. They will honor you as you get older if you honor them now. Most of the men in prison, believe it or not, didn't have a father in their life. 
That's how important this is. For me, I wanted to become a superhero to my son. And in a way, I did it. The problem is I didn't know that superheroes usually have issues. But I'm not by myself, though. You probably got some issues, too. Tell the truth. Am I right? And we keep all that stuff inside. Oh, yeah, Henry, he's a good man. And Henry dies of a heart attack at age of 60. He kept all that stuff inside. We fear exposing our weakness, our shortcomings, because we are good Christian men. Can I get an amen? I'm telling you that if you want to talk to somebody, even though this is totally off from the show, if you want another brother, I'm here. I know I got crazy email, blackmanwithagun at gmail.com, but the minister part of me, the pastor part of me is telling you right now, you have a friend right here. If you want to share, if you want somebody to pray for you, to pray with you, to listen to you, here I am. All right, back to the gun stuff. Let's go to the book for a moment, the holy book. Where in the Bible does it say, thou shalt not carry a gun? Where? Okay, guns weren't created when the Bible was written. But how about swords? Who made up the rule that said that if you were armed, you were on the wrong side? Let's look to Jesus. When he called Simon Peter to follow him, did he disarm Simon of Barjona? No, because he is God. He knew that Peter, when pushed and doing what he thought was right, would pull out his tactical blade. And why? Did all this happen? For the benefit of Peter. For the benefit of Mal. That's the guard that ears got cut off. And for us to learn a lesson. And what was that lesson? Oh, you want to know? Oh, I'm glad you la- I'm glad you asked. I'm glad you actually paying attention here. The book, John 18, verse 4. Jesus, therefore, knowing all things that should come upon him. See, it wasn't a surprise. Skip down to verse 10. The King James Version says, Then Simon Peter, having a sword, drew it, and smote the high priest's servant, and cut off his right ear. The servant's name was Malchus. Verse 11. Then said Jesus unto Peter, Put up thy sword into thy sheath. The cup which my father hath given me, shall I not drink it? And if you want to get really deep into this one incident, look at the book of Matthew, chapter 26. Look at uh, verses 52 through 54. Then said Jesus unto him, Put up again thy sword into his place, for all they that take the sword shall perish with the sword. And this one is used all the time to tell us that if you use a gun, a gun will be used. But that's not in context of what really happened. Continue on. Verse 53, thinkest thou that I cannot now pray to my father and he shall presently give me more than 12 legions of angels? But how then shall the scriptures be fulfilled that that thus it must be? Basically, the principal reason is verse 56. But all this was done that the scriptures of the prophets might be fulfilled. All of this, and had nothing to do with the sword and uh, who had the sword and all that stuff. Men, hear me. Don't fool yourself. You aren't that holy. 
It's why preachers fall. They start to believe their own hype. And conversely, you make us look so holy that we are no earthly good. Why brothers fail and keep on falling? Why does porn look so good? Because folks are hiding. Why as men do we fall from the same old trees that we climb every time? Why do we get fooled by the same old truths and tricks of the devil? The half-truths, rather, not even real truths. The lack of truth, the lack of realness with just real Christians. Why can't we just tell each other stuff? Oh, I know I'm talking to somebody. Truth. All right, you're not believing me, so let's go and get another example. How about the centurion whose faith in Jesus cured his servant? That was found in Luke chapter 7, verse 6 through 9. Jesus commended him. He didn't tell him to change his vocation either. Ladies and gentlemen of the jury, I submit to you that a lot of what we think, a lot of what we hear about Christianity and gun ownership has been made up. I could go on and give you more versions and more um, citations within the Bible that do not support the disarmament of Christian people. I had a church that I was licensed to preach in suggest that I be removed from the pulpit because my uh, picture came out in the Washington Post on my stance and my faith all about the right to keep and bear arms. And believe me, I know what you're going through if you are a Christian and you believe in the right to keep and bear arms. The bottom line is this. Gun ownership is not murder. Christianity seeks to change your heart. You are not contradicting your faith by believing in the right to keep and bear arms. And finally, we're not perfect. Don't put me on a pedestal. I'm just a man. Saved by grace. Favored by the Most High God. Called to be a witness. Given to preach and proclaim the gospel of Jesus Christ. Sometimes I say the wrong things. Sometimes I hang out with the wrong kind of people. But I know. I know. I said I know who my Savior is. And we are close. And I love him. And I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ. I have two fathers. Together, they don't even equal one. But I have a heavenly father that you share. That loves me for me. Men. Be good fathers. And happy Father's Day, you slugs. God bless. the whistle means I can slide off the end of a dinosaur right now. It's time to go. Thanks for joining me again. I really appreciate you coming back. Got a couple of new things, new microphone. I finally got the uh, pop filter installed. So forgive me. There's a couple of times in there when you might've heard a few pops and hopefully it's not too bad. I will work out the, uh, the whole thing, make it more smoother as shows get going. They should get better. 
And again, thanks to the Urban Shooter Association for those who contribute and help me. Thank you for those who send emails for correction and to admonish your brother. Um, I appreciate you. Don't forget that you now can go to the gunrightsradio.com forward slash forums dot uh, two and leave your comments about the episode and talk to other people who listen to the Urban Shooter podcast and looking out continually, still looking for somebody to answer last week's question. And uh, nobody got that yet. And if you don't remember what it was, check out episode number 71 for the right at the end. I gave a question and let's see what else is there. Happy Father's Day. I really mean that. Um, I know I went on a tangent there, but um, if you don't have a church home, if you live in the Washington, D.C. area and you don't mind that your your pastor um, packs, that your pastor preaches, that your pastor um, lives the life that he believes in. Come check us out. If I can get more of us in there, we'll have a real church. Until next week, this is your friend and brother from a different mother. Just reminding you that if you don't arm yourself, you harm yourself. Until next week, I wish you peace. Like Urban Shooter, then send Ken an email at blackmanwithagun at gmail.com. Do you want to support the show and start something new? You can become a member of the new Urban Shooter Association for $4 a month and keep the mission going strong. Look for the USA link on the website.